Lily and Oscar, written by Lauren Signorino. Read for you by Amy Weaver. From the moment Lily laid eyes on Oscar, she felt connected to him. She wouldn't know why until much later, but she knew even at five they were inextricably linked. On that day she first saw him, cumulonimbus clouds lined the horizon, and Lily begged her father to let her go outside and play. However, due to a disease that plagued her since birth, he never let her step foot outside. Lily resigned to staring out her bedroom bay windows as the clouds floated by, until she heard shouting at the front doorstep. She wrapped herself in her duvet and ventured out onto her balcony. Below, her father was arguing with his business partner, Walter, and in his shadow there was Oscar. Well, she can't remember every word that was said that day. She remembers a few. I I can't do this anymore. I don't feel right about it, Mitchum. Lily's father, Mitchum, tried to calm him with, I told you I'd take the blame if the authorities found out. I'll protect you. It's not about the fact that it's illegal. It's the fact that he's real. And he asks questions, and he cries, and he feels... I agreed to help you bring him into being, but I never agreed to care for him. Walter, please don't do this. Think of Lily. I want to, but it's just too hard. I'm sorry. With those words of finality, Walter knelt down to face Oscar. He wrapped his arms around him and turned away without looking in his eyes. It would be many years until Walter could face Oscar again. Oscar looked up at Mitchum with a mixture of confusion and sadness. As Mitchum escorted the boy inside, he looked up at Lily on the balcony. She gave him a slight wave as he disappeared into the house. After that day on the balcony, it was several weeks before Lily saw Oscar again. Every night as her father tucked her into bed, she would ask about the boy, but he would just tell her that she just imagined him. Lily knew that wasn't true. Even at the tender age of five years old, she knew delirium was how her father explained things that he deemed too painful for her to understand, like when her mother left them. Mitchum owned a booming toy business, but worked from home so he could be near Lily. He would check in on her three times a day, always at the same time, so she knew when she could escape her bedroom without her father finding out. Lily would search the house for the boy she knew she saw. The house had catacomb-like hallways that led to dusty rooms with enormous windows shrouded by heavy velvet curtains. Lily peeked behind the curtains, a common hiding spot for any kid, when from behind her, "'What are you looking for?' Oscar asked. Lily turned to find the inquisitive Oscar staring back at her with large blue eyes and moppy brown hair. You, she responded. I was looking for you. From that moment on, they were inseparable. It wasn't long before her father realized the two had met. The child he kept in the basement and the one he kept in an ivory tower couldn't be separated. When Mitchum tried to keep them apart, Lily's health turned and it became clear that she needed the boy near. As the CEO and inventor of Gen X Toys, Mitchum would give Lily all his latest prototypes. For her seventh birthday, Mitchum gave Lily a gift she would always remember. 
Mitchum brought the outdoors in with the software his company had recently acquired. It was an unassuming box, but with a few taps on the display, it could transform any room into any setting. If you wanted a garden, roses sprouted from the box, creating perfect pathways. And if you wanted a beach, sand poured forth from the box. Lily and Oscar's favorite feature became the jungle, where you couldn't see more than an inch in front of your face due to the dense foliage. Lily's large loft bedroom was transformed into a tropical oasis, and the two would run through the trees and branches, chasing holographic monkeys until they tired and collapsed in the center of the jungle on the cool soil. They told fantasy jungle stories of living with lions and swinging through the branches. They could have lived forever without a care, but Mitchum was a stickler for bedtime. Birthday or not. Lily, bedtime. The jungle is not safe for little girls at night. Deep inside the software tropics, there was a very disappointed girl who wished she could hide out forever. Hide from her father, from her illness. Hide from the fact that eventually her disease would destroy all of her organs. Here in the jungle... Oscar was the only thing she needed, but she was never one to disobey her father. Lily reluctantly pressed the button in the center of the box, and the entire jungle retracted into the toy until there was not one leaf or tree frog left. Glum, Lily glanced over at her father standing in the doorway. Her father looked disapprovingly at Oscar, then, Lily, put your toys away. Confused, Lily looked around the neat room. She then picked up the box and opened the large closet full of toys, placing the box inside. What her father said next brought about the most profound epiphany of Lily's young life. Put all your toys away. His gaze settled on Oscar, and in that moment, Lily realized that to her father, Oscar was not her brother or friend, but just another toy in her closet. He was something to play with to pass the time. With a broken resolve, Lily took Oscar's hand and led him to her closet. Tears streamed down her cheeks as she closed the door on Oscar. She had never understood Oscar's place in her life, but she knew that he was her best friend, her only friend, and she loved him. After her father turned out the light, she ran through the jungle of her mind. The way her father acted toward Oscar was starting to make sense. He was never allowed to eat meals with them. He slept in her walk-in closet. And when her tutor came, he was to stay out of sight until the session was over. In the moment, all Lily could focus on was how it felt and not why it was that way. She wouldn't ask the question of why Oscar was left on their doorstep until much later. As the years passed... Lily grew more and more contemptuous of her sheltered life. Despite her health, she wanted to break out of her gilded cage and see the world, or at least the backyard. She was 13 now, and her bedroom felt like a prison. Her childlike imagination wasn't what it used to be, and she thought herself too old to be playing pretend with Oscar in her bedroom. The day she broke free from her tower was fleeting, but impactful on her young life. It was the perfect day. Just the right amount of sun with a strong wind and clouds that looked like shapes. 
In fact, that's how the idea for the adventure came about. Lily lounged on her balcony with Oscar by her side. They were gazing up at the clouds, and Oscar was trying, in vain, to get Lily to play. That one looks a bit like a giraffe. Crossed with a donkey. Gronky? Giraffe. Lily rolled her eyes and exclaimed, Neither. I'm bored, Oscar. I want to leave the house. Lily pointed into the distance. Do you see that tree out there? That's where I want to go first. I've been looking at that tree for as long as I can remember, and we're going to go there. Oscar squinted at the tree, worried. Your dad would never allow us to go out there. Lily's teenage rebellion reared up from a place inside her that Oscar had never seen before. I don't care. We're going. And after that, we'll keep going. I don't want to stay here any longer, Oscar. Do you? The question blew away in the breeze as Oscar contemplated. He'd always followed Mitchum's rules, unsure of his place in the house, and afraid that if he broke one, he'd be separated from Lily. But when he looked in Lily's eyes and saw the yearning to be free, he couldn't deny her. He took Lily's hand, and just like that, their jailbreak had begun. After slipping past her father, it didn't take long to make it to the tree. It seemed so much farther to Lily as a child, and while Oscar was content to have just made it there without getting caught, Lily wanted more. She wanted to conquer the tree. She wanted to climb it. Always apprehensive, Oscar tried to talk her out of it, but once Lily made up her mind, there wasn't a force on this planet that could stop her. Branch by branch, she ascended the tree, with Oscar following behind. At the top of the tree, the smile that spread across her face made Oscar's heartbeat flutter. With the sun on her skin and the breeze blowing her hair, she was radiant. Oscar felt something for Lily he had never felt before. Something he couldn't explain. And Lily felt it too. Oscar stared at the freckles in her eyes as Lily leaned into him. It didn't occur to Oscar what was happening until her lips were on his. The shock of it caused him to pull back. The feeling of elation was quickly replaced with the sensation of falling as gravity took him to the ground. Lily had never ran before because the doctors had told her father that physical exertion was bad for her health. But on that day, she ran so fast she forgot she was sick. Oscar was the only thought that kept her legs pumping all the way to the house. She doubled over on the doorstep as her father swung open the door. Between heaving breaths, she was able to get out that Oscar was hurt and needed help. The look of concern that flashed across her father's face surprised her. He'd never shown much interest in Oscar's well-being. But in this moment, he jumped into action. Within an hour, Oscar was airlifted to the nearest hospital. He ended up with a couple broken bones and contusions. Mitchum pulled the doctor aside, and while they talked in hushed tones, Lily sat at Oscar's bedside. Lily began to cry when she saw the stitched-up cut on his brow. He took her hand in his and told her not to cry, that he was just fine. In that moment, Oscar changed to Lily. He no longer looked like the boy she played pretend with. He seemed so grown up to her now. She was seeing him as the man he was growing up to be. With that squeeze of her hand, 
Lily knew that Oscar was the love of her life. As both Oscar and Lily blossomed into puberty, Mitchum could no longer keep the boy in his daughter's walk-in closet. Mitchum set him up in a small bedroom in the basement, which was more of a subterranean research compound than basement. After parting ways with his business partner the day Oscar showed up on their doorstep, Mitchum became increasingly reclusive with his work. Lily would sneak down from her room into the basement to see Oscar in a small cot. And it was in one of these clandestine visits that two very important moments in Lily's life took place. The first was finding the fetuses growing in chambers, and the second was the failing of Lily's kidney. These two events coincided at the same time. Lily and Oscar, the curious teenagers that they were, wanted to know what went on in that basement laboratory. Oscar tried to keep Lily from discovering what he already knew was down there. He knew what it meant, but she didn't, and he wanted to keep it that way. When Lily saw the fetuses surrounded by amniotic fluid, not of their mothers but of chemical compounds, the color drained from her face. For a while she had suspected what her father was doing was not above board, but she had no idea that he was growing people underneath their living room. She braced herself on Oscar's shoulder as she tried to comprehend what it all meant. Oscar tried to comfort Lily, but it was all too much. As Lily went into renal failure, Oscar carried her to her father and they rushed her to the hospital. After the operation, Oscar was nowhere in sight. Every time she asked her father where he was, he would evade and assure her that she would see him soon. A day later, Lily awoke to find Oscar sitting by her hospital bed. He looked worried, pained. As soon as she saw him, she smiled, slid from her bed, and wrapped her arms around him tight. He winced and pulled away. She tried to read his face, but it was an expression she'd never seen before. Pain mixed with the secret. She lifted her shirt to show him her fresh scar, and in that instant, she knew what had happened. She lifted his shirt and slashed across his side was a freshly stitched incision in the same place as Lily's. The only difference was that she gained a kidney, and he lost his. She nearly fell to the floor with the overwhelming realization. He helped her to her bed where she wept on his shoulder. Everything connected now, and she hated herself for not realizing sooner, for not stopping it from happening. He was always meant to be her spare parts, to save her when all else failed her. This was not what she wanted Oscar to be, but it was what he was. Now that she knew the truth, it was overwhelmingly painful to go back to that same loft bedroom, that same life. As the post-surgery days were on, she couldn't look Oscar in the eye. It was killing her more than her disease. Oscar did his best to try to lift her spirits, but the guilt of a sacrifice made it hard for her to be around him, and that crushed him more than anything. When Lily's father dared to step into her bedroom, she would muster all of her energy to fight him. She'd tell him he was a monster for what he did, that she hated him, and his callousness is why her mother left them. He would take the blows, never fighting back. 
but never backing down from his decision. Mitchum was hurt that Lily resented him so much, but it meant more to him that his daughter had a fighting chance to live. Oscar retreated to the basement where he learned more than he ever wanted to know about Mitchum's toy experiments. Oscar was just the prototype, and there were many more children being made just like him. Made for purchase, made to offer peace of mind to parents. Lily could barely be around Oscar, and in that basement he was surrounded by a generation of kids destined to live out his fate. He was powerless until the man who cared for him when he was born came back for him. It was a balmy night, the kind of night where you barely fall asleep, where you just exist in between dreams. Lily opened her eyes to see Oscar sitting at her bedside. He was saying goodbye. Part of him hoped she wouldn't wake, but part of him hoped that she would. She was strangely comforted to find him sitting there looking at her. Oscar stroked her hair as she sat up in bed. She looked to the doorway where a figure stood. She could not make out his face, but she knew from his build that it was a man. Oscar told her that it was Walter, her father's business partner, and that he had come to take him away. Lily told Oscar that he should go with Walter, but her tears betrayed her resolve. Oscar looked to Walter and shook his head. He couldn't leave her. Lily begged Walter to take her with him. He was completely against the idea. Taking his old business partner's prototype was one thing, but taking his daughter was very different. Mitchum would never stop looking for his daughter. Lily rose from her bed, took Oscar's hand, and moved to the door. She had made up her mind, and there was nothing Walter or her father could say that would stop her. That night, Lily left behind more than her home and her father. She left behind the mental mindset that she was sick. She had broken free of that room and all it represented. With Walter's help, Oscar and Lily moved far away to the coast, where they took walks on the beach every day. But that isn't the happy ending of their story. The truth is, love doesn't cure all. It just makes the time we have worth living. Lily's sickness caught up with her. For a while, she could hide it from Oscar. But he could tell, despite her best efforts to conceal it. After Lily's first doctor's visit since leaving the loft bedroom, they learned the worst. Her heart was failing. The doctor said it wouldn't last the summer. The only option she had for life was the one she refused to even utter aloud. Oscar begged her to consider, but she insisted that a life without him was not one worth living. She had made the decision that they would spend this last summer together. Then she would pass. Lily made Oscar promise to have a life after she left this world. She made him promise to travel and fall in love with another girl. As the weeks wore on, Oscar became more and more afraid of Lily's destined death. He would stay awake at night just listening to her breathing. As much as Lily spoke of the grand adventures he would have after she was gone, he refused to even imagine it. The only place he wanted to be was by her side, and the thought of any other place caused a sinking feeling deep in his stomach. He knew that feeling would never leave him after she was gone and that was a pain he wasn't willing to live with. After their evening ritual of tea and an old movie, Oscar watched Lily slip into dreams. 
Then there was a soft knock at the door. He knew who it was. When he opened the door, he faced the man who would make any sacrifice necessary to save his daughter. That sacrifice was something Oscar now understood. The years had worn around Mitchum's eyes, softened them. The look he gave Oscar was not the same as when he was a child. Mitchum scooped his daughter into his arms, and with a solemn nod to Oscar, the two men left the beach cottage. When Lily woke from the surgery, she was petrified. She had fallen asleep in her home with her love by her side and had woken up in the hospital with the man she hated most. Mitchum tried to comfort her, but once she touched her chest and felt the stitches, she became hysterical. She screamed, How could you do this? You murdered him! Mitchum and Oscar both knew she wouldn't believe anything he said, so he handed her a tablet. She sobbed when Oscar's face illuminated the screen. Lily, first I wanted to say that I'm sorry. I knew that if I told you that I wanted to give you my heart, you wouldn't have let me. You would have died, and I wouldn't have been able to live. Every plan you had for me after you passed was not the plan I wanted for myself. I was engineered for you alone, but that doesn't define our connection. You can call it fate, destiny, or even science, but I know I was meant to give you life. All I ask of you now is that you have all the adventures you planned for me, and I'll be right there with you with every heartbeat. As the screen went dark, so too did Lily. She wanted to rip her heart from her chest and make it beat for Oscar once again. But there was no science to bring the dead back into being. Lily looked at her father with disdain. As much as she wanted to hate him, she understood why he did it. Promise me you will stop. Every person has a right to live for themselves. You took that from Oscar and I won't let you take it from another. Mitchum swallowed hard. His line of tailor-made organ donor play children were about to hit the market, and stopping it now would mean he'd lose his business. As he looked into Lily's eyes and saw her pain, her loss, her hatred of him, he realized he would either lose his business or his daughter. He made the right choice. Instead of locking her back up in that loft apartment, he brought her back to that beach cottage so she could live her life with memories of the man she loved. With time, Lily forgave her father, and together they searched for cures for children that were like Lily. And though she never loved another the way she did Oscar, she still lived a full life. When Oscar's heartbeat thumped for the final time in Lily's chest, she had succeeded in having all the adventures she planned for Oscar. And her final thought was a memory. She was back in that tree with Oscar on the branch next to her and as she leaned in for their first kiss, Lily's eyes closed. Lauren Signorino has been a writer and lover of science fiction, fantasy, and horror since childhood. Lauren's passion for words led her to Los Angeles, where she attended the University of Southern California and earned a master's degree in professional writing. Post-graduation, 
Lauren has worked in numerous writers' offices for television shows on Sci-Fi, TNT, NBC, and AMC. She has written on Fear the Walking Dead and has been nominated for a Writers Guild Award and an Emmy Award for her work on Fear the Walking Dead Flight 462. In her spare time, Lauren's SWAT sniper brother takes her to the gun range to prepare for the impending zombie apocalypse. Amy Weaver is an actress, writer, and voiceover artist living in Los Angeles. Her background in improv comedy inspired Amy to begin creating original material, including writing and starring in digital content for Funny or Die and the TV pilot, A Temporary Life. Other work includes performances in The Office, Modern Men, Significant Others, and numerous national commercials. Find her at Amy Weaver Tweets and as a voice on BMF Podcast on iTunes.